me, your host, Sean Lynn, in the pub for a dram with friends where we talk about faith, family, food, and fun. Pull up a chair and I'll pour you a drink. Father Larry Richards into the pub, where he is not afraid to challenge men. Sit back as I pour a coffee. Welcome to another episode of A Dram with Friends. Today we are very excited to have Father Larry Richards join us in the pub. Welcome, Father Larry. Why, thank you. It's good to be here. And uh, today, uh, I'm drinking coffee because we booked a time that is extremely early and <laughs> probably appropriate for Father Larry. <laughs> yes, and it's I have my coffee mug too, so coffee's okay. There's Absolutely. caffeine in there. Well, and uh, it doesn't look good when you go put on the uniform later and uh, have whiskey on your breath. So That would be bad. Yeah, that would be bad. Yeah. You're up in Calgary, huh? Yes. Uh, who is Father Larry Richards for our audience? Father Larry Richards is uh, a priest ordained 31 years by God's grace. Been a pastor for 19 years uh, at St. Joe's Church in Erie, Pennsylvania. I grew up in the city of Pittsburgh because God is usually a Steelers fan, except for this year. But anyway, so uh, I grew up, both my parents were police officers in the city of Pittsburgh. My mother graduated highest ever from the Pittsburgh Police Academy. Uh, I always said she missed her vocation. She should have been God because she knows everything. All you have to do is ask her. <laughs> well, used to be anymore. So now she has Alzheimer's. So, uh, but still, she pretends like she knows everything. But uh, she really is a great lady. And my father was a canine man. So I grew up in the city of Pittsburgh all my life. I entered seminary and I was 17 years old after being converted by Billy Graham, the big Baptist preacher here in uh, America. And uh, and so I always said, I'm going to be the Billy Graham in the Catholic Church, you know. And so, and so I picked up a lot of his stuff, I, I guess. And here I am all these years. Uh, and I work uh, primarily now with uh, the parish. And I have a foundation called The Reason for Our Hope. And uh, the readings today, we're talking very much about we need to anchor our life in hope and not fear and all these other things. And that's the whole purpose that we need to be speaking hope, especially during these times of COVID and everything else, to proclaim that God is always in charge and God always wins. And we just got to trust and hope and have great faith and God will do the rest. That's, thank you. Uh... I didn't realize <clears throat> how much similarities we have. I'm 32, well, I'm in my 32nd year of policing here. Wow. My dad was a police officer as well. And he was in K-9. He was in the second batch the that had. And he got out of K-9 after he didn't believe me that the the dog bit me. Yeah. told me to go pet, go pet him. The dog knocked me over and bit me again. Yeah. So... <laughs> The, well, uh, he was a smart dog. What do you want? <laughs> so there, 
that was that was the last time my dad was in canine because yeah. uh, they did we had appreciate... a white shepherd he was the greatest dog named snow oh he wow was a great great dog yeah my dad had a couple shepherds but this was a doberman they were they had oh, dobermans wow. early so oh yeah well maybe that's it now i have rottweilers so <laughs> i i upgraded you know so because their hair is black it doesn't show on my black as much as what happened there you go okay and uh you we've tried to get you up here to calgary for our god squad conference we've been going for well this this year will be our 24th annual Bless but God. we uh we try to have it as close to the feast of saint joseph as possible but you seem to always be busy around that time why is that <laughs> because i'm the pastor of saint joseph church yes and again that's always the always the problem now again if you ever move it later on when it doesn't fall on a saturday saint joseph because i've been up in your area i've been up to edmonton a couple times which how far is edmonton from calgary it's about uh two and a half three hours north yeah i I met you there at the family life conference yes Uh, i was supposed to be there this year too but as we know (laughs) that didn't happen so we're still scheduled for next year that's the plan there you go well You'll have to slide south when you're there and come visit Gladly. the pub and have a dram. You got it. Absolutely. So, I'm more of a beer drinker, though, myself, you know. Okay. They well, say I'm El- very blue collar. Alberta is actually pretty famous for all its microbreweries. And, uh, really? They, yeah, beer beer is our, our big export here. So Okay. Well, then good. That'll happen. They've never offered me a beer than I've been up there, though, so. Well, that's that's the difference between Edmonton and Calgary. There Calgary, you, we're yeah. used to being hospitality. You probably heard of the Calgary Stampede. It's it's in our yes. DNA. And I do take that back because last time when I was up there, the kid who's now not a kid anymore, Patrick Schiller, first thing he did was take me to a, a bar and we had a beer and a hamburger. So, <laughs> <laughs> ah, good, good. See the young the young men knows how to treat you exactly, so. exactly, exactly, and. And you continue to work with uh, men's groups and stuff. In fact, you're on the board of the Catholic Men's Leadership Alliance. How did that come to be? Well, it's unbelievable where that story, you know, years ago, I was giving a men's conference up in, um, oh, Massachusetts or somewhere. And I had to drive back because that we were snowed in, but I had to get back to my parish. So I decided to rent a car and drive back. And again, way back, this got to be, 10, 15 years ago, the Lord put on my heart that you got to start a national conference. And I called uh, Danny Abramowitz and Danny uh, says, that's a great idea, Father, let's do it. And but he said, we have to go to Steubenville and all those things. And so they he ended up doing it, but without me, <laughs> so it was part of it. <laughs> and then uh, Kevin O'Brien called me, what, about five years ago? And he says, uh, Father, the Lord's put on my heart that we need to start a national men's conference. And I said, well, you know, a, a board and I said how to deal with all this stuff. And I goes, the Lord put that on my heart, too, about uh, five years earlier. So <laughs> then we start talking then about let's let's do this. Let's do this. And so uh, we uh, got it going by God's grace. And now it's uh, way beyond anything that I ever thought of. It's still got a, you know, my thing is still that the 
that uh, eventually what we do is we become this organization that if a person is uh, going to Calgary or they're going to Edmonton or they're going to Toronto or they're going to Chicago, that we have uh, uh, something there for them that they know these are where the men's conferences are. These are when the men's uh, meetings are, their men's groups, and that you're welcome to come and be part of us because it's kind of like I want it to eventually be like AA for men, if you will, that there's a place where a guy can go if they're traveling, especially because that's when a lot of guys fall into temptation and give in to sin. But if they know that they can go and there's brothers there that will support them, pray with them, and they can uh, be with no matter what city they go to in the world, that'll be a great way that men need men to challenge each other and to get strong. You know, and so uh, I, I we still have that to start dealing with. But already with the material that we're putting out, as you know, you're on there, too, that we've got some great things that are happening here and some great things uh, uh, coming down the pike. And I'm very excited that uh, you've let the Canadians in and uh, and we're we're excited about trying to branch across the country here as well. Uh Given our current situation, we're looking at making a virtual Canadian conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you've been to St. Joseph's Oratory many times. And, many times. And- That's the very first place I went after I got ordained. So I was ordained on a Friday. I had my first Mass on a Saturday. And me and my class, my, my classmate, Father Nick Rao, this was in 1989, we drove up to, went a beeline right up to St. Joseph's Oratory. And I go up there every year because I have a lot of parish missions and that. And so I always get the oil from St. Joseph. You know, I have great devotion to Joseph and great devotion to Brother Andre. And I always take the oil. And the oil, of course, was uh, people would come and have an oil lamp burning in front of St. Joseph. And it takes some of that oil and it say, put this on and ask St. Joseph to pray for you, bring you healing. So, again, you've been there. Many times. Okay, yep. so because it's so far away, Calgary from Montreal. It's it, like, it is. Uh, I, <laughs> the last time I, I took Jeff Cavins there on a motorcycle ride. and Holy uh, cow, good job. <laughs> All the way from Calgary? Cal- Calgary and back in 14 days. Holy cow, I would think that was something. So, but again, no, there's all those crutches and everything and all the healings and that has taken place. And so, uh, yeah, every year I go up except, now I was there last, uh, because I did a parish mission in March last year. So it's been a year, but because it's hard to get across the border right now, I haven't been up there. But I always bring the oil back and everywhere I go, and here we have, because it's the year of St. Joseph, but we've been doing it since I've been here for 19 years, we have a novena to St. Joseph every Wednesday. And so everybody gets wow. anointed with that oil from St. Joseph. And I was so, uh, so ecstatic when <laughs> Pope Francis surprised us and started the year of St. Joseph. It's like, could have given us more time, but nope. He just said, we, today we're opening the year of St. Joseph. So God well, is good. Yes, he is. I too have, uh, walked with St. Joseph for many, many years and, uh, <laughs> We tried to put on a family conference at the oratory back in 2000 for the Great Jubilee, and I sent out packages to every diocese in in Canada and and the North uh, U.S. and it ended up being five families from Alberta. So, oh gee, there you go. <laughs> so it was, uh, but 
it's amazing to see what St. Joseph has done for us over the years. We do the novena before every conference right from the beginning. And, uh, That's and I usually have to do it a couple of times during the year because I need a favor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the, uh, you know, the devotion to the sleeping Joseph. You see how Francis, when he brought this devotion. So I have these statues of uh, the sleeping Joseph in my bedroom and all over the place. And I always sit there and if I need something, I'll write something down. I'll place it under his pillow. And boy, God is so good. He always, he never fails me. He just never fails me. So it's very good. Yes, I've, I need to get one of those because uh, last week I was waking up at three thirty, four o'clock in the oh, morning yeah. and <laughs> trying. Yeah, sleeping St. Joseph statue. There, uh, well, we. I was doing the consecration of the St. Joseph for the second time, Good. and it was just days before I finished the second one that Pope Francis declared the year of St. Joseph. So I was, did it just I was for on, you. I was just on, on, on walking on clouds. And, uh, we had already, uh, put out that we were doing a fundraiser for a dram with St. for St. Joseph. Cause we want to set the litany of St. Joseph in song and share it mm. as with the church. Cause sure. just to encourage, especially men to, to just contemplate that that litany of St. Joseph and, and do it as a beautiful setting. So we're quite excited and maybe Lord willing, you can come up when we debut it at the, at the shrine. So God willing. St. Joseph isn't, it's only seven hour drive for me here in Erie PA. So uh, I go up there sometimes just for an overnight drive all the way up, go do what I need to do and get back in a car and drive all the way back. Wow. That's that's impressive. Yeah, to to come to Calgary, uh, I think it's a probably about a twenty three hour drive for you, maybe twenty five hour drive. Oh so. yeah, it's a flight. <laughs> ah, where's <laughs> the challenge good. in that? Exactly. Well, again, it's the time element for me usually anymore. So it's except for now, exactly. But again, I'm. Uh, I'm scheduled to be in Boise in a couple of weeks, so we're going to be starting again. I finally got the, the first vaccine, so hopefully I get the other one February 1st so I can be on the road more without um, hopefully bringing danger to anybody else or myself, so it'll be that's, good. That's, that's good to hear. Well, uh, I'll have to talk to my son down in... He's in Idaho Falls and make sure he, he gets over there. Oh, to there see you the, go. Yeah. Maybe you'll get to see my grandson, my latest grandson before I do. So, ah, there you uh, go. <laughs> but, uh, I'm yeah, surprised. Boise's a wonderful town. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's far away from me. But, boy, I've been up there a couple times, and the guys are phenomenal. The, uh, I was there for their first men's conference. They're, it's a good group. Yes, yeah, they are. They are good young men trying to mm-hmm. trying to do what God's calling them to do, and that's what's exactly. so exciting about this Catholic Men's Leadership Alliance is is encouraging young men and uh, especially to to carry that torch and to to build God's kingdom here 
in North America to start, and then we'll take over the world. So, <laughs> you know, again, God is calling us to be His disciples, and uh, that's the that's the core of all it is. What's it mean? And I think that a lot of men sometimes don't come to Jesus because they see us as weak. And for many years in the church, we were, you know, men were a bunch of weak guys that uh, let the women run everything and let the women take over. And women do a phenomenal job doing that. But God needs to, and he has, he's been raising up men. And I just think that, uh, like, already the times have been getting hard. And I think that's why God has been raising up men, that we come and we lay down our life for our families and for our, our countries and for our our church, that this is our job as Joseph. He was so concerned always more with Jesus and always more with Mary than he was for himself. And that's what a man got to do. Be always more concerned with others, our families and other people first to put them first, be willing to protect them, be willing to die for them. And so I just think that the, like the challenge here is for us to become these great saints like St. Joseph. You know, every time if someone, you know, I have a book out called Be a Man. And if anybody ever asks me to sign their book, I say, sure, give it to me. I'll say, what's your name? And they'll say, Joe. And I'll say, dear Joe, be a saint. And then I'll say, God bless you, Father Larry. And then I'll hand it back to them and say, or go to hell. You got it? And go, okay, Father. <laughs> I said, these are the only two options you have. You become a saint or you go to hell. Well, I think I'll try. No, try, no, try. You be a saint. That's God's call for you. And so when we look and see that what God has called us to be and what God has planned for us, that this is what it is to follow him, is to be a saint, to go to heaven forever, to give away our lives for other people. We just got to do it and we got to stop living only for ourselves and for our wants and our needs and doing things our way and making sure we're doing things God's way. Father Larry, you you definitely have a gift of of challenging men. Like I remember the last time we were together at the CMLA conference, and you're saying adoration starts at five a.m. Mass at six. Mm -hmm. You will be there. Yeah, like, it wasn't even an option. <laughs> it wasn't an invitation. It was uh, you'll be there. Absolutely. Again, like what happens, and I'm sure the same as in Canada, but, you know, if a boy wants to become a man, what's he do? He goes into the Marines or the Air Force, the Army or something else. And the first two weeks, you know, they treat him real nice. Like, guys, hey, do you want to wake up early? Are you okay? No, they don't. They say, you'll be up at three o'clock in the morning and you'll do what you need to do. Blah, 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 blah. And guys do that. Because they get challenged. And again, in the church, so often us priests and bishops and that have said, oh, guys, okay, can you do this? Is it okay? You know, how about you try to pray? I'll never forget when I was uh, a younger priest and I was first getting going with these uh, men's conferences, I was in a place in Pennsylvania and there was a deacon that spoke right before me. And he used to be a basketball player. He's dead now, God rest him. But he was the speaker before me and he got up and he says, guys, you know, I know it's hard. It's hard to pray. It's hard to do these things. So maybe, guys, maybe you could try to pray every day. And a good way to do that is maybe while you're driving to work, you know, think of the bumps of the car of your steering wheel and count 10 of them and try to say just 10 Hail Marys every day. Guys, how about trying that? And I'm sitting there fuming 
because I'm thinking, really? This is what it is to pray? You know, try to pray. And so I, he left and I got up. I was the next speaker and I said, wasn't Deacon so-and-so great? And they all, yay, best thing ever. And I says, you know how he told you to try to pray every day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, gentlemen, you pray every day or you go to hell. Do you understand me? And they go, we like the deacon better. I go, yeah, I know, exactly. You want to be pansied and tiptoed around. Forget it, gentlemen. The day you drop dead, the God of the universe is going to give you what you love the most forever. And that darn well better be him. And you better be able to prove that by the time you give him every day. Because then is not the time to make excuses why he wasn't that important to you. So again, we're preparing people for eternal life. And it's amazing that people will put you know, you want to be a good football player. You'll practice every day for hours. You want to be a good golfer. You'll golf all those things. But you want to go to heaven? Okay, whatever. What, what's the least I got to do to get there? Yeah, that's the problem yeah. with the world. We got to be well, challenging. This is what you got to do. It, once You know, to be a disciple, Jesus says, you cannot be my disciple unless you what? Deny your very self, pick up your cross, and follow in my footsteps. That's what Jesus says. But we break that down or just try to be good people and try. No, no, no. Give away your life for others. Be a man of great love because that's what's the strength of it all is when we're most loving. We're giving away our life for others. That's like, ah, oh, really? Really? Anyway. And and that's where men respond most is, is when they're challenged, uh, it whether is. it's to get up or like men remember the football coach that, that pushed them a little further. That's the one that they remember, not the one that said, oh, don't worry, Johnny, you tried your best, or don't exactly. worry, we're not keeping score at this soccer game. Exactly. They, they, that's when they quit. Exactly. What's the uh, point? So, <laughs> so, Father, one of the segments I have is uh, a lot of our young men are struggling today, just even what is a man. So what advice do you give your 18-year-old self? The same thing I get, I taught all boys for uh, eight years at an all-boy Catholic high school. And my biggest thing was, gentlemen, you have two choices. You either live for yourself or you live for others. You know, a boy lives for themselves. You know, you're an adolescent. Most uh, men do not get out of adolescence. They like to live for themselves and their pleasure and what can they get out of the world. But I says, a man lays down his life for others. Because the greatest example of masculinity and what a man is, is Jesus Christ. There is no greater example. There is no, well, he was one example. No, no, he was the example of masculinity. He was the example of what, when God becomes man, he's the fullness of manhood. And so we have to look at the life of Jesus Christ. And so what happens to a lot of 18-year-olds, and that's why when I wrote, when I wrote my book, Be a Man, it was to help people to realize Jesus got to be the one who is our hero. Not football players, not sports people, not that, uh, musicians, not those are all good people. But they're not true men the way the true only true man that ever existed was Jesus. Now, he learned his masculinity from his father, St. Joseph, of course, but we have to look at Jesus. And so I always tell them, you look at the life of Jesus. So I used to say, one of the easiest things you can do is go through the Gospels and write down the characteristics of masculinity according to Jesus. 
Write those things down. You know, he was strong when he needed to be strong. You know, a lot of people say, well, look, when he got all angry and everything, he did that once. <laughs> so, And we use that as our example of masculinity. I don't think so. Sometimes we got to stand up and we got to clear some uh clear some tables and that. Yes, but that, he, his whole life wasn't that. You know, his life was, come to me, all you who are labor and heavy burden, I will give you rest because I am meek and humble of heart. Well, I don't want to be meek and humble of heart. That's what it is to be a man, you know, because that's the way Jesus was. Love your enemies, huh? That's what Jesus did. You know, how does Jesus deal with all the sin of the world, all the garbage of the world? What does he do? He dies on the cross. Huh? Yep. So you mean that yep. that's what I'm going to have to do? Yes, that's exactly what you have to do. So we have to look at Jesus and look at his characteristics of masculinity and make sure that I am learning those things first. And that's what I'm trying to be. A Christian, by definition, is another Christ. So by definition, we Jesus isn't one of these, you know, gods that is up in heaven and he's like a divine cheerleader trying to get us to be good people. This Jesus it lives inside of you and me from the moment we are baptized. And our job, as it says in Galatians 2, 19 and 20, I have been crucified with Christ. So the life I live now is no longer my own. Jesus Christ lives inside of me. I still live my human life, yes, but it's a life of faith and a son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. So everyone that looks at you, everybody that looks at me is saying, sir, I would like to see Jesus. I don't care about you and your opinions. I want to see, I want to hear Jesus. And Jesus is love incarnate. So that means as men, we should be the most loving people that people know. So a boy, I say, so your job when you get married is to give away your life for your wife every day. So when you wake up in the morning, you got to think, how can I die for my wife today? Huh? And then when he gives you your 10 children named Larry, 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 then you sit there and say, how can I die for my children every day? That's the life I have been given to give it away in love because that's what Jesus did. And that must be what we who call ourselves men must do. Wow. Thank you very much. That uh, very good challenge for our young men. So uh, there's one other segment and I'm, I'm guessing I know the answer to this one already, but uh, Jeff Cavins talks about uh, riding with your posse or what, uh, so who are your go-to saints that uh, you walk with each day? Well, the two ones primarily, of course, are Joseph and the Blessed Mother. You know, the, Jesus was formed in his humanity by Joseph and Mary. And so for us to be good men, I think we have to be formed by Joseph and Mary. And again, that's the whole point, that the saints are there to point us to Jesus, not to point us to them. 
Not one saint has ever pointed us to themselves. And so sometimes we get caught up into them and we just focus on a particular saint. And I go, no, 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 like you already talked about it. We walk with them in our following of Jesus Christ. They pray for us, we go to them, they mold us, they help us, but we don't go to them. Our job as a Christian is not just to follow St. Joseph. Our, our job as a Christian is to follow God the Father in heaven, and Joseph will show us how to do that. Huh? And so those are the, the, the two I've always went to. And then when I was young, my grandmother gave me a medal of St. Francis Xavier. And on the back of it, of this uh, Medal of St. Francis Xavier, was the, the, uh, the thing that got him to follow and leave everything. And it says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and yet lose his soul in the process? So here I am, I was not even got my first communion yet. And I remember thinking, what would it matter for me to get the whole world, to have money, to have power, to have everything, power, everything there is, and then go to hell? What a waste of life, you know, it's just like, because our time on earth, even if we live to be a hundred, is like nothing. And yet people go crazy focusing on this time on this earth. And yet, please, are you kidding me? This is just, it's nothing compared to eternity. We always got to keep our eyes on what's going to keep me alive forever. That's what's most important. So the saints are, are already there and they can teach us and mold us and help us. And so those are the ones. Another, of course, I've always went to is St. Francis of Assisi because he's been the opposite of uh, who I am. You know, make me an instrument of peace. And I'm always thinking, oh, instrument of peace so i gotta you know can i be an instrument of uh judgment or something else i don't want to be the instrument of peace so but to sit there and again that's the cross like the switch it like oh it takes this very strong man to give away their life and to do it in the way that wants to bring peace to others ah oh, that's much harder than me just coming up and punching somebody you know i would rather just go up and punch somebody and again like when i was like i was seeing seminary someone once asked me who are you father who are you larry and i said i am a saint peter who wants to be a saint john you know because saint peter you know had a big mouth put his foot in his mouth a lot and yet john was the one who was always loving and you know but i also love that john would also be the one that wanted to cast fire upon and destroy everybody wouldn't listen to jesus so he had his issues too you know we all have our issues you know and so to have these saints that are praying for us and are leading us and guiding us are the greatest things we can do. Thank you so much, Father Larry, and thank you for taking the time to visit the pub today. Normally Absolutely. I have a whiskey in my hand where I talk about the origin of the whiskey name is Ishkabaha, which means water of life. And my prayer is that you continue to lead many souls to the true water of life and that we will see each other again in the near future. And thank you for your time. Thank you. God bless you guys. Have fun. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of A Dram with Friends. Like and subscribe. Go to all podcast platforms to look for it on podcast or go to godsquad.ca to support our mission.